Good evening and welcome. Tonight, we begin a new series that will span two weeks. And in this series, we will dig into the topic of eternity. In doing so, I pray that we will all gain a better vantage point of the God that we serve, uh, his goal for this world, and for us in particular. I sincerely believe that the way we see things, our perspective, impacts how we live and even how we die. Hence the title of our series, From Eternity to Eternity. I will tell you at the outset that you will want to grab a pencil and paper, maybe have a little notepad, something that you uh, take notes on. I feel like what's going to be shared in this series over the next few weeks will become a resource that you'll want to go back to again and again. So if you, uh, that's not your habit, you might want to do this um, starting tonight. But let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for being our midst, Lord Jesus. We worship you this night, Lord. God, I pray for every person uh, who is tuned into this broadcast, that you would bless them, Lord Jesus, that you would meet their needs, O oh God, that you would draw them closer to you, Lord. And God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word, that you would help us gain perspective, Lord Jesus, that your word would do in us exactly what you intended to do. Help us, O oh God. Transform us, Lord Jesus. Change the way we think. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Be in our midst this evening, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I'm going to start with a basic definition of eternity. I just grabbed one definition of eternity from dictionary.com. And it says, infinite time, duration without beginning or end. That seems very simplistic. But for me, the thought of infinity, infinite times, that's a mind-blowing concept. Uh, I'm very challenged by the 24 hours that I'm allotted each day. And nevertheless, infinity. Uh, infinite time, duration without beginning or end. Let's start by looking at God in relation to eternity. Psalms 90 says, Lord, through all the generations you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world. From beginning to end, you are God. You turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals. For you... A thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. Now, if that doesn't tell us uh, how our thinking is so much different than God's, I don't know what will. For God, a thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. Second Peter 3 and 8 puts it this way. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Man. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful. I'm sorry, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This God 
that we serve is referred to as the everlasting father. Wow. Matthew 24 and 35 says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. I mean, think of the word never. I'm just, many of these words I'm, that I'm going to share with you tonight, you'll pick them up. I won't point them out each time, but they hold within it the idea of eternity. Words like never, you know, forever. The scripture uses those a lot. So in just these few verses, we see our creator as one who has always existed and who will always exist. He is this eternal. Maybe another word for that is uh, everlasting, perpetual, endless, um, in both directions. I, I imagine God, this is me imagining God, you know, from his vantage point, if he, if he were to look back, there would be no end to what he sees. If he were to look forward, there'd be no end to what he sees. He's from everlasting to everlasting. That is mind-blowing when you really think about that. So not only does he have no end, but he has no beginning. Let that sink in. Most of us know the day of our beginning. In fact, we celebrate it every year. It's a big deal to us to celebrate when our life begin, as we as we see it anyway. But this God that we serve, no end, no beginning. Uh, but also in these verses, we get a glimpse of how God views things. For him, a thousand years is but a passing day, a passing day, one passing day, as a brief as a, as a brief few hours. He sees things so much more vast than we do. I know we say things like. Boy, time flies. But sheesh, that doesn't come close to God's perspective. Let's uh, look at a few other verses that helps us uh, see God in this grander perspective. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. That is amazing. God is saying, no, from the beginning, I've already declared the end. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what's all, what's going to happen. I know that we like to prognosticate and we like to you know, give our ideas of what's going to happen. And, and we like to be positive and, and hope for the best. But God is saying, no, I've already made it happen. I know the end from the beginning. I've established it. John 16 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Can you imagine the people that, that Jesus was talking to when he made that statement? I have overcome the world. You're acting like it's already done. Jesus said, because it is <laughs> from his vantage point. So, we see here that God sees things very differently than we do. Throughout scripture, we see uh, words used like forever, um, uh, uh, eternal, um, you know, everlasting. God, God speaks in those terms so often. And sometimes we, maybe they're given to us to, to get, to have a better idea of how long lasting things are that God establishes. But I think in many places, he really means it. In fact, I know he really means it. And when he says we can't fathom. We may, we may think generationally, and sometimes yes, generationally, but there are 
there are many things that he says that he really means them in a way that we can't get our brain around, like for eternity. Literally eternity. So now shift. And with that perspective of God, let's look at God as he creates. I'm going to Genesis 1. Um, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So this is how this began. This was a formless, you know, water-filled, dark space. And the God who was before that, right, who was always before that, says, well, I'm going to start working with this. Well, he calls it a beginning, kind of for our sake. This is when we can pinpoint the beginning uh, as we know it. And over the next six days, God goes on a creative frenzy. I mean, he's just boom, boom, boom. And he creates light, right? There wasn't light. He creates light. And then he separated the light from the darkness. And then he uh, separated the heavens from the waters. And he, he's just putting things. I, I imagine him just, you know, putting things in their proper place and thinking about what was uh, what he was going to create next as he created. And, and he separated the waters and he brought forth dry land. Uh, he created vegetation. Uh, every every sort of, of, of vegetation and in it in that vegetation there was seed for its continuum. Uh, he created uh, fish and the waters and um, animals and livestock and birds and he's just boom 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 and this this whole thing is unfolding here. And then in verse 26 he says then God said let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your, good, for your food. And I have given every plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. And in chapters one and two, and I won't read you all of two for the sake of time, but we see all that God created and that he put within the living things the ability for them to procreate and to produce offspring. He created an ecosystem that would provide food and habitation and a healthy environment. He created time to help his creation manage. We see here God's plan for things to continue. But in what way? Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that would produce delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, except 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Whoa. Die? Where did that come from? So far, we see creating, 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 and multiplying and multiplying and be fruitful. And we see you know, provision and that it is good. And then enters this very contrary word. Die? Wonder what Adam and Eve thought about that. Well, at the time it was Adam. You get the point. Let's go to Genesis 3. Starting with verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat? the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. Of course we may eat from the fruit from um of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the servant replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. I think that's very interesting. Of all the things that the serpent decided to hone in on, wouldn't you know that he would hone in on that word? The serpent picks up that concept that seems contrary to the nature of God and how he operates. Death. You won't die. What that truly meant, or that death would really happen, obviously eluded the man and woman. Because we all know that they ignore God. And they did eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here we are. Quite honestly, we too have a difficult time with the concept of death. Seeing ourselves as temporal. We're not alone. From ancient times, humans who did not know the one true God and those who did were concerned about an afterlife. The Egyptians are a great um, example of that. Somehow we know that there's more to who we are. We know there's more than this temporal existence. Perhaps it's that image of our eternal God at work in us. Ecclesiastes 3, 10 and 11 says, I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. After the man and woman disobeyed God and sin uh, entered, Genesis 3 says, Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take from the tree of life and eat it? Then they would live forever. So God banished them from the Garden of Eden and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. And after sending them out, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Sin affected God's plan. Our eternal God 
who created human beings and placed within their grasp the tree of life that held within it eternity. Now cut them off from it. What if they reach out? What if they take from the tree of, of life and eat it? Then they would live forever. God was concerned about that. Humans living in sin forever. This eternal God created humans in his image to live without sin for eternity. One last verse. Psalm 148, chapter 5 through 12 says, Hallelujah. Praise God from heaven. Praise him from the mountaintops. Praise him, all you his angels. Praise him, all you his warriors. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, you morning stars. Praise him, high heaven. Praise him, heavenly rain clouds. Praise. Oh, let them praise the name of God. He spoke the world, and there they were. Bam. He set them in place from all eternity. He gave his orders, and that's it. What was God's plan for eternity? He set them in place from all time to eternity. He gave his orders, and that's it. Now I'm going to leave you with this cliffhanger as to not give away the, uh, what's yet to come in this series. Stay tuned for more of eternity to eternity. May God bless and keep you.